up, fantasy champions? Spotlight Sports Network is excited to tell you about an amazing deal from Thrive Fantasy, your place for daily fantasy sports and esports. Right now, with promo code SS Network, Thrive Fantasy will match up to $50 of your first deposit. So go to ThriveFantasy.com and sign up now with promo code SS Network. That's ThriveFantasy.com, promo code SS Network. like the Oakland A's? Are you a fan of the Golden Knights? Do you love the Los Angeles Chargers? Well then my friends, you're in the right place. This is the Snake Sports Talk Show with your host, Jake the Snake Silver, brought to you by the Spotlight Sports Network. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am back on a Wednesday night for every single one of you. I appreciate you guys all coming on by. This is the Snake Sports Talk Show on the Spotlight Sports Network. Wherever and however you may be watching, we're live in the 702 on Facebook Live, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter Periscope. Man, isn't it great to be here on a Wednesday night? And I had a lot to say on the previous night as well, and I'm so glad that each and every one of you guys is here today. We appreciate your guys' love and support. And by the way, so much to get into as far as details go. With as far as giveaways, because we're two days away, guys. Two days away from the deadline of the giveaway. You guys do not want to end up missing that. Definitely check out my story. Check out the Spotlight Sports Network story and their post. And get your guys' selves set up. You know what the rules are. And definitely get yourselves up on top of it. What's going on, Jaden Hopkins? So, uh, you know, <clears throat> there's a lot of interesting stuff. There's a lot of interesting stuff I do want to get into. Um, there was a lot of breaking news. And by the way, uh, I'm just, just, just going to tell you right now. Um, Deshaun Watson's leaving. Deshaun Watson's gone. They go and um, it's, been it's been reported that apparently the Houston Texans earlier today, they have hired Ravens assistant coach David Culley to be the team's next head coach. Definitely not Eric Bieniemy. And certainly not Robert Sala or or Brian Dable. But at this point, Deshaun Watson's good is gone. He ain't going nowhere. Um, so he's gone. The best favorites are going to be Miami and the Jets. Those are it. What's going on, Memopolis? Yes, there is a giveaway involved. Definitely check out the social medias and get on top of it. So, <clears throat> But before we get into the rest of all of that and so much more, I have to say, I want to start off with this. So we've had a bunch of teams that were in the playoffs, and now we're here in the Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. And um, it's interesting. I think it's a bunch of interesting stuff. Now, this is, this is one thing that I thought was, was, 
one that really kind of caught my attention, and I thought that this was one I really wanted to explain because a lot of people seem to have a lot of doubts, and they seem to have a lot of you know, d- you know, different conversations, different takes, different looks. They have everything, <clears throat> and this is all involving the Los Angeles Rams, and it's involving one particular person, and that's quarterback Jared Goff. A lot of you had so many doubts about Jared Goff, whether or not if he actually is a franchise quarterback. I've been saying that he is a franchise quarterback. But what's so interesting, this is where I'm going to end up breaking this down. Because apparently, the LA Rams and the front offices and the ownership of the Rams had been talking, been talking left and right about this. What I think is really interesting, and this is where <clears throat> not a lot of you would think, because the quarterback carousel, oh, it's happening everywhere. You're talking about Matthew Stafford being on the on you know on the move. You're talking about Deshaun Watson being on the move. You're talking about a lot of these guys. A lot of quarterbacks are going to be on the move. But apparently now Jared Goff seems to be a guy on the move. And it's interesting, right? Nobody would have ever thought Jared Goff would be. I didn't think that. I thought the reason that the Rams drafted Jared Goff was the fact that he could be the franchise quarterback, but now the Rams are kind of in a particular situation. And here's what's interesting, because they paid him early. They paid him early as a franchise quarterback, and right now where the Rams are in their salary cap, they're stuck. They're trapped. They're going to have to make an awful lot of sacrifices. Some, Most of them, I feel like, are going to be on the defensive side of the football. But that's what's going to happen. But what's interesting about Jared Goff, because a lot of people, um, <clears throat> what I've seen with this is that if you look at Jared Goff's career stats, why people for some reason seem to be so, so doubtful of him. Mind you, he's playing with a broken thumb. And he had a bunch of different, you know, he he stayed healthy. He's been the healthiest quarterback in the league. That was the only injury that he's ever sustained was that was that thumb injury. But every single one of Jared Goff, like of Jared Goff stuff, that's all that, you know, that that's really that's really all that that, that people could talk about. <clears throat> but I think in in the midst of all of this Hold on one second. Stuff seems to be happening here, and I do not know why. Boy, oh boy. And all this all put up doesn't seem to be wanting to work. But for Jared Goff in the last couple of seasons, this is what I found very, very interesting. But Jared Goff, his whole quarterback rating I mean, he's had 54, he's had 60, 61, 62, 67 this year. And he almost threw for 4,000 yards. And he had a really good year in 2018. Had a, you know, a, a, a you know, kind of just a hard year in 2019, but still managed to at least be a competitive quarterback. But now the Rams front office is taking a shot at Jared Goff. Isn't that interesting? And 
a number one overall pick out of Cal Berkeley. The people thought he's staying in LA. He's staying in California. He's going to be Cali faithful. And right now they're not really sure about this. You know, what's interesting about this. They talked to Jared Goff's agent because of course they paid him early. All the guaranteed money. It's all of this and that. And what I find like very intriguing because now you're put, you, you know, you're, um, because now you're, you're, you're basically, you're, you're, you're in a position where now you're trapped. You're in a position where Jared Goff, oh, that's all guaranteed money. Like he, he's basically taking all that money. I mean, he's not even going to be asking for a pay cut. Not to mention, you have the agent. They told him to potentially make a pay cut because you know the Rams are in trouble. Of course, the agent said, go kick rocks. Because that ain't happening. And Jared Goff, and here's what's interesting. Because a lot of these quarterbacks, Dwayne Haskins, the front offices, pretty much, um, I mean, they threw him out there. Threw him out there on media. And then it exposed the part of him where he wasn't really mature enough. Then, of course, you had Carson Wentz earlier. And Carson Wentz, what's interesting about that, and they fired Doug Peterson. Doesn't seem like Jared Goff or uh, Carson Wentz was the problem, but now you got Jared Goff who doesn't really, doesn't really peep a whole lot. But when you look at the stats here from Jared Goff, why I think this would be a dumb move for the LA Rams in one particular area. What are you really asking Goff to do? Because listen, I live here in Las Vegas, and the worst thing is you got this whole Raiders situation with Derek Carr. <clears throat> You're asking so much out of Derek Carr, but when you distract the idea that the defense is the problem, and you're going after Carr for no apparent reason, a guy who's been throwing for four thousand yards, completing seventy percent of his of uh, you know of his throws, and it's interesting. I don't understand that with Raider fans, and I don't understand what that with the Raiders. I think it's just really intriguing to me. But when I look at Goff's, <clears throat> when I look at Goff's stats in that rookie year in twenty sixteen, he completed fifty four percent of his passes. Next year was 62, then it was 64, 62, and then 67 this year. And his throws have been uh, 1,000, <clears throat> 3,800, 4,600, 4,600 again, 30, almost 4,000. He's throwing four, close to 4,000 yards every year. And what? But what is his touchdown interception? Well, I'd be, I'd be happy to tell you. It was 5 of 7, 28 and 7, 32 and 12, 22 and 16, 20 and 13. And altogether, that's 107 touchdowns and 55 interceptions he's thrown. And by the way, his quarterback rating was not really far away. His quarterback rating had been close to the hundreds. His lowest was 63, but that was only the rookie year. Then you had 100, 101, 86, 90. So <clears throat> is Jared Goff really the issue with the Rams? Because I beg to differ. Jared Goff's been the guy who's been healthy. But here's the takeaway. Because remember, the offensive line is not the same. Okay, Andrew Whitworth, he's staying there because he's definitely got buckloads of money. And they're giving him guarantee. 
That's the only reason why he's staying there, but he's going to be close to retiring on the tail end. And that offensive line needs to get better because here's the thing. As I've said before of the takeaway, he's a winning quarterback when he's sacked once or less. When he's sacked more times, he just falls off the face of this earth. So who do you really hold accountable, Goff or the offensive line? So I don't understand this with the Rams and why they're putting Jared Goff under the bus, but I just think that that's kind of ridiculous. I think it's just kind of interesting. All right, um, I'm going to talk about hockey here for a second because I know that there was one person who definitely wanted me to talk about hockey, and so here you go. This is a fun thing for you. <clears throat> so, um, so the Montreal Canadiens this year, they're 4-0. They're second in uh, the Scotia North where you got Toronto who's 6-2. and Now, don't get me started up on Toronto. Toronto's a very interesting team, not going to lie. But I think this is going to be quite an interesting turn of events. What I think is, what, what what's really kind of the takeaway about this? I mean, Montreal, they got some really good players. And Montreal has not had, you know, a big up and coming for years. Not since the time where they were, they were like the Patriots. They were unbelievable. They were stacked. They won almost every single year. It's like the, the, the Stanley Cup belonged in Montreal. That was literally what it was all about. And you have to think about the guys that they got. Josh Anderson off that trade with Max Domi. I thought that was a big-time upgrade. And you're talking about a guy still young. He's 26. And... I just, I, I just truly think that, or he's 27, 27 year old. You're still getting some really, really good years out of Josh Anderson. You, you retain Brendan Gallagher. They get Michael Froelich a little bit of, you know, just a kind of like an, uh, you know, under the radar type of signing. You spare caught Kenny Emmy, like a young center that I think is going to be really, really good in this league with as far as puck control and puck passing. And then you have Nick Suzuki and Tomas Tatar, and then you have Tyler Toffoli. They upgraded big time when it came to their offense. Then they go and get Joel Edmondson <clears throat> from St. Louis. And from, um, or actually, they got him from Carolina. They managed to re sign Petrie. They have Shea Weber. And they ended up getting Jake Allen off of, you know, basically off of free agency. What's interesting about this with Montreal, Montreal has not had a coming like this. And they're looking like a pretty interesting team. I'm not going to give them all the credit. But from what I'm seeing, their offense looks really legit. They have some really good specialists on the ice. And I just think, I'm not saying that Montreal is going to be like the, the Montreal of years ago. Because this has been long years. They have not been as dominant since those dominant years way back before you and I was even born. But if I had to look at <clears throat> Montreal and their roster today, <clears throat> it's a pretty competitive one. Now, the question is if they'll make it far enough to the Stanley Cup. Because you think about the teams they got in their division where you've got Toronto, who's up on top. Um, Edmonton sometimes can be very sneaky. And then you got Calgary. And there are a bunch of other teams that be fighting in the North. 
But I'm just telling you right now, the trades, the signings that Montreal has made, I think are very impressive. I thought they were very impressive. The Tyler Toffoli uh, signing was huge. The trade for uh, with getting rid of Max Domi and then going and getting Josh Anderson was just as much of an upgrade than they thought. <clears throat> and it's interesting how they see this. So I just feel like Montreal's right there on the map of being a competitive team. As far as their cup hopes, it's, it's wide open for a lot of teams. I don't know who really are the for sure guarantee, <clears throat> but this will be interesting to watch. Coming up next, <clears throat> so of course the quarterback carousel still going on. I mentioned about this in my last episode when it came to uh, Matthew Stafford. But right now, this is going to be a huge mix. But I'm definitely going to end up talking about that <clears throat> a little later on. And there's also something, too, just in the middle of the break that I definitely wanted to end up talking about because I feel like this is truly important in our society. And it's truly important in our everyday lives. You don't want to miss that here on the Snake Sports Talk Show. Going to be taking a break. Don't go anywhere. <clears throat> So, folks, of course, as we mentioned, by the end of this month, you still have time. If you guys want to end up shopping gear here on Spotlight Sports Network, go to the SpotlightSportsGear.com and get your merchandise because right now, even toward the end of January, you'll get 15% off. And we're two days away from the giveaway. You know what to do. Go to the post in our social medias, follow the instructions, and you'll get yourselves in for the giveaway. We really do appreciate your guys' love and support. So, uh, you know, it's interesting 
because since I had already talked about Jared Goff earlier, um, and just also here in just a quick moment, I'll have my good friend here from the one house you go to up in the Bronx, up in New York. And you know, when you go and get yourself a slice of pep, uh, uh, pineapple pizza and all of that, my good friend, Jeff Hammond, AKA Hammer is going to be joining me. We're going to be talking about the latest trade news and all of this that just buzzed right now for the New York Mets. So we're going to be talking about that in just a moment. So, I wanted to really kind of discuss about this, but I've been talking about this whole quarterback carousel. And like I said, Deshaun Watson is as good as gone. You had an opportunity, Houston, and we're watching this unfold. We're watching this now become so chaotic that it's almost becoming like one of those circus skids. All because you had one job, provide an offensive line, get a better defense, and they couldn't do it. So Deshaun Watson, he's going to be gone. You go and get this new assistant head coach from Baltimore. Well, I don't even know if he's going to be successful. But he had two coaches in mind, Robert Sala and Eric Bieniemy. You couldn't nab either of them. And that's going to be the hard part that Houston now has to go through. But I feel like the two spots that work for Deshaun Watson is Miami and the Jets. I've been saying this because the Jets, it's new, fresh blood. They'll have a better, much more athletic quarterback. They even have, um, they'll even have a better offensive line. And as I've said before, Sean Watson goes to the Jets. What is to say the Jets don't pick up Devontae Smith? Or maybe they go and get themselves a better run game late in the in late in the rounds, or if they go and get themselves a better offensive line to keep protecting it but they're doing everything that Deshaun Watson asked in Houston. Or if he goes to Miami, you've got Brian Flores. He's a big-time coach. He works in this league. you got a couple of good offensive weapons. Maybe they could go and get more, and they have a hell of a defense. So that feels like to me. Now, I understand the Fitzpatrick and the Tua thing. It's in the air, and it's questionable. But those are two destinations I feel like Deshaun Watson would be perfect fits. But as I've been talking about even yesterday in my last show, because I feel like Matthew Stafford, okay, Detroit wasted away so much talent. When was the last time you ever saw Detroit ever be a hell of a competitive team? Probably never. They've punched their tickets into the playoffs, but that was not all Detroit. Matthew Stafford, I think people have overlooked on him because of where he is the ownership, the general managing, the whole franchise. It was unbelievable. But a kid from Georgia, number one overall pick, Detroit couldn't build upon it. Oh, and by the way, his best wide receiver for eight years, that they all call Megatron, Calvin Johnson, yeah, he retired because he knew that the, the, the franchise was going nowhere. And Detroit hasn't really had a huge list of big-time impactful players since probably Barry Sanders, Matthew Stafford, and Calvin Johnson. Those are the only ones I can think of in Detroit. Don't even talk to me about, well, what about Scott Mitchell? I mean, that guy, Scott Mitchell only lasted for like a few years, but got Detroit nowhere. Well, Charlie Batch, eventually Charlie Batch, he was a, backup quarterback to Ben Roethlisberger 
only to build Big Ben to the quarterback that he is. Even that project didn't work. So, listen, Detroit, you either get this right or you just you sell the team. But in the end, when it comes to Matthew Stafford, I feel like Indianapolis is such a beautiful fit. Think about this, guys. I understand they have Jacoby Brissett and they have Jacob Eason, kid from Washington. But you're getting five quality years. Five. And he's 32 years old. Yes, he had a back injury. Yes, he had a shoulder injury and he had so much more. But if you look at Matthew Stafford and his stats, the stats themselves don't lie of what he's capable of. He is by far, if you put him in the Colts, you'll see why he's a top 10, if not top 15 quarterback in this league. When you have a healthy offensive line and you have better weapons and you have a supportive defense, I mean, my God, that'll explain everything about Detroit. If you haven't, if you don't believe it, there are a couple of people that I know, Troxel Sports, the Gridiron Blitz, they all expressed big-time opinions about that. And they know. They know Matthew Stafford is a big-time talent. They knew Calvin Johnson was a big-time talent. They even knew Barry Sanders was a big-time talent, but they never capitalized. In Detroit, unfortunately, they are basically Cleveland. Cleveland did the right thing. They cleared all the smoke out of the air. They got everybody out. In comes Kevin Stefanski. In comes a new GM. They reshape Baker Mayfield. Now, the only thing they have to fix is that secondary. But if I'm telling you, if Indianapolis, if they're going to be very competitive, they're only a quarterback away. And I guarantee it. You put Stafford in the middle of that offense. Watch. You are going to realize and you're going to understand why Stafford is a top 10, top 15 quarterback. I don't care what anybody has to say. His numbers and his stats themselves do not lie. That's why I'm just like, for it, it, it's best for Stafford. It's absolutely best for Stafford if he moves on. Because the more and more that he just continues to just go about this, it's going to be ridiculous. And you're just going to waste away another talent. And then what are you going to do next, Detroit? You better get this right. But I just feel like Detroit, they screwed this thing up. And they have to pay the price. Time now for the hot press. All right. So lots of things brewing here on the hot press. And of course, as I've got my good guest up on here from the Spotlight Sports Network. So we got news reports and... The Blue Jays are getting busy. They have been getting busy and busy and busy. So they just finalized this trade where Steven Matz, left-handed pitcher from the New York Mets, also, of course, a Stony Brook uh, kid, <clears throat> is leaving the Mets. And it's also been reported by Jeff Passan that the Mets are getting three right-handed pitchers and I feel like are all relievers. Sean Reed Foley, uh, Yancy Diaz, and Josh Winkowski. Now, it's going to be very interesting because the Mets right now are in a position where they are opening up at least a little bit more of cap space, and they're opening up to where they could potentially sign because right now Trevor Bauer is still on the market. He has not signed a contract with anybody, and the Angels, the Dodgers, and the Mets are in the mix. There are a bunch of teams in the mix for him. But if this is the case that 
if the Mets right now, because they need to get a, they need to bolster up that bullpen and they need to bolster up the starting rotation and, of course, get really good utility bats. This could be a very interesting team that can make a lot of noise in the NL East. So I'm feeling like that this was smart. They didn't really lose much because they go and get three prospects. One of those guys could transform into a starter and maybe the rest of them are bullpen guys. But we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see for the development. But I really did like this trade. It didn't seem like the Mets lost much, but it'll be interesting. So also reports earlier today and after spending 17 seasons in the NFL, uh, tight end Jason Witten is, in fact, retiring again, and it is for good. Now, he has signed a one-day contract with the Dallas Cowboys to retire a Dallas Cowboy, but spent an entire year with the Las Vegas Raiders, and I thought it was great. Um, Jason Witten, of course, he outside of a lot of tight ends that we've had over the years. I've watched him. I've watched Antonio Gates. I've watched Tony Gonzalez. He lives and breeds Dallas football. And not only that, but he is a leader. It's what developed guys like Darren Waller. It's what developed guys like possibly Jeff Swain and Blake Jarwin just before he ended up leaving and he ended up retiring. But it's good stuff. And I and I really, really did like the fact that Jason Witten pretty much at this time it's all respect it's all respect for him respect for the league and listen i'm not saying he's going to be gone for good maybe somewhere down the road you might see him take a special gig but congratulations to jason witten happy best retirements to you and best of luck in the future for him so uh sources right now um so the colts they're asking right now. They need a quote-unquote veteran vision at quarterback. This is why that I've said that Matthew Stafford is going to work. So from what we've seen, Jim Ursay says team close to the Super Bowl. And here's what's interesting about this. And one of my good colleagues, EJ Bryan, is going to have an article and he's going to talk about this. But the Colts were so close to nabbing a deal with Tom Brady at the time before he took the deal with Tampa. Now, I have said that anybody who goes to the Colts because you're getting a top five offensive line and so much more. But Tom Brady would have been the absolute catalyst. But here's the problem. What the hell is out there in Indiana? I mean, instead, you're out. I mean, it's like saying like I'm no disrespect, but it just seems like I'm in Iowa and I've got nothing but cornfields. And then, of course, I've got, you know, the field of dreams. That's all I got about there. I don't really have much around there in Indiana. And you have to think about with Tom and his wife, Giselle, there's not going to be much of a market. But it still would have been the perfect vision for Jim Irsay and for Chris Ballard because of how smart these guys are in this franchise. But as I've said, folks, they are a lot closer than you think. The defense was top five. The offense was much, much better. And Trust me when I say this. Breakout years for Michael Pittman Jr. and Jonathan Taylor. And I'm not kidding about that. Because I loved watching Jonathan Taylor in Wisconsin. I thought he was all about grit. And he was strong. And I think he's going to be big. Because honestly, they haven't had a big time running back since Edron James and Joseph Adai. Maybe a little bit of Dominic Rhodes. And maybe about a couple of these guys. But it's going to be very, very interesting to see. But <clears throat> like I said, Jim Irsay, he's got the vision. 
And as I said, Matthew Stafford, maybe you go and get Deshaun Watson if you want to pull the strings, or if there's other quarterbacks that's out there, but you got to have the guy that's smart enough he can work with this offense. So it'll be interesting to see how the Colts really kind of favor this out. So, all righty, folks. Well, that was your hot press. So joining me now from the one place that you go and get Mets content and also Las Vegas Raiders content, joining me right now on the Snake Sports Talk Show via the Global Satellite Network presented by StreamYard, Jeff Hammond, a.k.a. Hammer in Hammer's house. You are definitely bleeding blue and orange right now because there seems to be some sort of vision you are going to give to myself and to my audience. So what seems to be... What seems to be the jig right now? Because Stephen Matt's a kid from Stony Brook. Uh, you know, I, I was very surprised at that move. But maybe there's something else in the cards that the Mets are looking for. So what was your thoughts once you saw that Stephen Matt's trade? It's funny that I started putting together um, a live stream when I saw the news uh, first reported by Mets Mesmerized about this trade potentially happening, but there was no team that was stated at all. They just said there was be traction being made in regards to a trade for Stephen Matz. And about, I want to say five, 10 minutes before I went live, Jeff Passon tweets out, it's official, Stephen Matz has been traded to the Toronto Blue Jays. So I was definitely blindsided. This has been a ridiculously busy day for the New York Mets. Last week, uh, the newly hired GM, Jared Porter, was fired after allegations had surfaced from ESPN um, of pretty much inappropriate text that he had with a former employee of the Chicago Cubs while he was there in 2016. So earlier this afternoon, the Mets actually made the assistant GM, Zach Scott, uh, the new GM effective immediately. He worked alongside Porter with the Red Sox. He's been, he was with the Red Sox for 17 years. So he had the championship experience. It was cool. Um, about two, three hours after that, the Mets sign left-handed reliever, Aaron loop. He played with Toronto for several years. He yep. recently played last year with Tampa, had mm -hmm. some pretty, pretty solid numbers last year with Tampa. And then this whole thing with, um, with Matt, it's just like, okay, all of a sudden now Zach Scott's in charge and it's like, all right, we, we're making things happen. That's it. And there's now reports out there at the moment. The Angels are no longer in the market for Trevor Bauer. That leaves the Mets, the Toronto Blue Jays and Los Angeles Dodgers. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you one thing, though. When it comes to the Angels, that's nothing new. <laughs> I, I, I just like, li listen, I. I've been saying this and I honestly have been, you know, I've been saying this for years, probably since 2012, but for God's sakes, you could have all the offense that you want. Now you lost Angleton Simmons and you lost a couple of guys. And now you, you, you back, you backed out of this Trevor Bauer thing. And I guarantee you the reason of that is that Albert Pujols trade is what's holding them back. <laughs> that whole contract is holding them back. But again, it's going to take almost literally centuries until we can get Mike Trout a, a World Series ring. But yeah, it, it, it this has been a busy day for the New York Mets for sure. And it, it's been really, really interesting. But let's talk about the Aaron Loop thing because okay. 
You think about how the bullpen's going to start to bolster up. Now, they did get three prospects, and all of them are right-handed pitchers. But it feels like with Aaron Loop, I like what I'm getting out of him. Strong left-hander, might end up giving you maybe uh, uh, you know, a, a, an inning or two, an inning and a third, or maybe two two innings at best in the back end of the innings. Yep. But how big of the could we potentially see Aaron Loop as a potential setup guy, or could he be somebody in the middle of that bullpen uh, lineup? I'm looking at potential setup, um, middle reliever potential setup. The the thing is, we missed out on Brad Hand due to the simple fact that Brad Hand wanted to be a closer. Yeah. Obviously, the Mets had Edwin Diaz, and I guess that they told them like that ain't happening, which mm-hmm. I would have flipped it and had Diaz as a potential setup and put Hand as the closer. Mm-hmm. We had until today, that is, we had no left-handed relief pitchers in that bullpen going into oh, this Lord. season. Yeah, and it was like we needed Hand, we couldn't get Hand. Um, there were talks about getting, um, bringing back Jack Wilson, who we had for uh this past season uh i don't know if those talks are now dead or not but we went ahead and finally got a lefty in iron loop so i'm very excited about that i do believe that this trade that the blue jays just made for mets and us getting back to prospects i feel that's giving the mets more leverage for the mets to try and get trevor bauer yeah, I mean that that's going to be interesting because now it's opening up that hole where now you guys are getting more and more money in the bank and you guys are hoping that you strike a deal and now from what I've been told because like you mentioned Trevor Bauer wants somewhere that's a Garrett Cole money. He wants 36 million a year. Yep. And uh, you know and it's really interesting about this because if you think about this generation of baseball Nobody, as far as the hitter's perspective, was all about small ball hitting. A lot of them nowadays when it comes to mechanics and when it comes to, you know, because we're so high tech, we start to look at every inch, every angle and such like that. But pitchers have really been on the rise, you know, these last couple of years. There's been high amounts of strikeout rates. There's been high amounts, you know, of wins and quality innings. You know, if you look at Trevor Bauer and just by your opinion, what would be the ideal type of contract and average salary range that you hope the Mets will strike that deal to potentially bring him on and set him up with guys like Jacob DeGrom, Noah Syndergaard when he comes back healthy, and so many others? So my thing is right now, especially when it comes to the money aspect and what he's asking for in regards to a long-term, I feel like pitchers... I'm very, very iffy about long-term contracts, especially with the injuries, the whole elbow injuries, guys left and right getting Tommy John surgery. Um, I feel realistically, I know he wants his money, but do you want the money? Do you want a championship? You got to sigh young. Do you want a championship? Mm -hmm. Do you want to be part of something special? If you do, come to the New York Mets. I'm looking at... I would say a four-year deal, three, four-year deal, and I'll give him roughly around that ballpark. Maybe not exactly 36, but maybe 33 to 35 a year. That's what I was kind of thinking right from there. A $33 million contract, I mean, that's a good payout. It's a really good payout, and especially with all of these big-time pitchers. I mean, you talk about Max Scherzer. You talk about, you know, with... 
Um, the Garrett Cole situation. I mean, look, when it comes to the Yankees, it's like the Yankees got like money that lasts forever. I mean, hell, we could automatically use that money's worth to try to pay out all of our U.S. debt if we could. But um, we probably would have solved COVID already. But we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that for another day. Right. Yeah. It it could have it could have literally solved all of our problems. I'm still waiting for my stimmy check, Joseph. But you know, hey, stuff like this happens. You know, and 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 however they choose to handle it. I mean, by all means. But I think that's reasonable for a contract like that. And like you and I, I'm not a big fan of long-term contracts. And the only reason of that is, is because in between those, what are really the quality years that he's going to put up? That's, you know, that's the thing. always the biggest question. Yep. And that's the major concern. That's why I'm saying, like, I'll give you the money, but I'm not giving you six, seven years. I'll give you four at yep. max. Like, it's it's a touchy situation. It's very hard to determine how this is going to play out. And again, pitchers and catchers report in about two weeks. Yeah. They need to make something happen because like this, this waiting game is it's killing us all. And we know that the market has been totally different over these last two or three seasons. When it's come to free agency, the money that they're asking for and how things play out. So we just have to wait and see how this, how this all unveils within the upcoming weeks. Yeah. And you know, what's really, really interesting is that, um, what I what what I kind of find interesting, and usually this always happens every baseball season, but there's always like that one contract holdout that always seems to happen. We've seen that with like a bunch of different players, um, you know, infielders, outfielders, pitch, pitchers, everybody. You know, they, there's always that free agent holdout that they're waiting for some sort of sweet deal to hit through, and it always happens. Like literally, like. I don't know if you've seen, but it's like always the second or third game into spring training for whatever reason. It always seems to happen at that point. Then sometimes, they're like, yeah. Sometimes, but like, look what happened with Keiko last year. When did they yeah. sign him? When, when was he signed? Like, this, I'm really sick of these guys. Like, it's yeah. all about money. Like, dude, you grew up playing this game before you were getting paid. Yeah. Like, really? MLB, all these front office guys. They know your value. Stop trying to up it more than it really is. No kidding. Jeff Hammond, a.k.a. Hammer, joining me here on the Snake Sports Talk Show. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about baseball because the fact of I'm excited for spring training to be coming around the corner. You know, you mentioned about this in, in your show, and I checked it out. thought it was great. I thought you did really, really good, especially with uh, the Daily Sporting as well. Really, really good guys here. Um, definitely, guys, subscribe to him. If you guys haven't checked it out, seriously, it would definitely make his day. It's and my I'll birthday i was gonna leave it right there by the end i was gonna make i was gonna make it dramatic for you i was gonna make it a dramatic speed <laughs> so it made it better i was sinking everybody in but yes it's definitely hammer's birthday and happy birthday to you bud thank you brother uh, appreciate just, it just another year in and i'll tell you what though i mean <laughs> when all these travel restrictions and all this stuff starts to go away man i mean yeah you and i are definitely grabbing a brewski because you know what I had my birthday during the shutdown and man, it was not fun. It's not fun when it's just like, Hey, I've got my cake and you know, <laughs> and I'm but, stuck in NYC and I can't do a damn thing. So yeah, it, it's crazy, <laughs> but overall, so we mentioned about the universal DH, so they're not going to implement that and they're not going to implement expanded playoffs. I don't understand the gimmick. I really don't understand the gimmick. I thought the whole point of, and Correct me if I'm wrong, but 
I thought the expanded playoffs was great because wild card. I mentioned this a while back before you came on. I loved the idea of expanded playoffs because this one and done crap for the wild card doesn't do any of the managers any good. And what sucks about that is fans criticize managers very easily on one and done games when you haven't really even seen if he's capable of making adjustments. That's why I loved like, you know, when you have the college world series settings, get best of three, you're winning at least two games out of it. If you get shut out in those two games, you've got some serious issues behind it. But if you actually tie the series up and you come back and win it, then maybe your job may be retained and people would think very less about the idea of, I don't even know if he can manage or if he can coach. But what was your thoughts behind all of that when those news broke out? Because I tell you, I was furious. I was well, like, make the sport better, damn it. Like, We had the conversation about it. Um, I think one of us had posted it up in the group chat about this whole thing not happening this year. And both of us pretty much were on the same page with it, especially in regards to like these guys talked about how much money they lost last year with the declined uh, games played and everything. Like you're boosting up the money and the revenue for Major League Baseball if you have this expanded playoff. Um, when it comes to the Universal DH, do we really want to see guys bat ninth that can't hit if their life depended on it? Like, there's very, very few pitchers in the league that could actually hit. And, and listen, it's nothing. Against, wants to, it's nothing it's like a guaranteed out every single time. Sorry, yeah, and, it's, and it's nothing against you know guys like Zach Granke or Ma- Madison Bumgarner or even you know Jacob Degrom. It's nothing against those guys, but still, the, for the rest of the league outside of these guys, yeah, it's like five like percent of them can actually pl- like can actually hit the ball like <laughs> right. realistically, and it, and it sucks like that they turn this down. But I think that the players' union is going to try to do something to come up with some type of counter offer or some type of other negotiation to try to get this uh, push forward. So we just have to wait and see. Um, yeah. And it, and it's it really, it, yeah, it, it sucks. And it, and it's interesting because think about it, because if you had, the, we talked about this before, when you had the universal DH in place, maybe that could have kept like the Cubs could have kept Kyle Schwarber around. If you had him as just a bat that could have kept him around for a lot longer. I'm interested to see how he does with Washington, but all these National League teams, the Cubs, the Dodgers, the Mets, and a bunch of teams there could utilize a lot of that DH role. And that could be it. That could be guys that, hey, they may not be great on the, like, I'll give you a perfect example. The Atlanta Braves, when they had Evan Gaddis, you probably couldn't utilize him as catcher or outfielder or third baseman, but you sure as hell could use his bat. And that was the yeah. whole sole purpose. He ended up going to Houston and so on and so forth. I mean, the guy had a ridiculous stick for an awkward stance that he had. The guy had a ridiculous amount of power when he swung the bat. I don't but think anybody was, had that mu- that weird of a batting stance than uh, Tony Batista when he played for the Diamondbacks ages ago. Oh, my God. I mean, if you want to talk about a guy that's all consistent, I mean, how about your one guy, Julio Franco? I mean, a guy, I mean, a guy is still like he's 60. And he could still hit the ball and still be consistent on that barrel. Like that guy had a hell of just a swing from here, just being poised and just let it all flow to the barrel of the bat. I mean, this was way before Kevin Euclid even had that type of bat stance too. Like, <laughs> and listen, I, I mean, 
Oh God, Bobby's going to hate me for saying this for butcher's block, but I always called every single one of the Boston players, whoever it was that they were playing. I called big Bobby fat sloppy, or I'd call Kevin Euclid Kevin useless. Or when they had Jed Lowry, I'd call him lousy. Or if you had Pabblebon, I usually always call him Pabblebon. And I see now that he's up in, the, he's actually going to be the next up and comer for the hall of fame. And that brings me to this. Uh Oh, nobody, not one person. Elected in the Hall of Fame. Are you kidding me? No. Are, are, are you absolutely serious? Like, I've been to Cooperstown once. That's baseball immortality. And it does listen, even with this COVID strike, you could still make this happen. But the fact that nobody since 2013 gets elected in, something's fishy about this. And not only that. But a couple guys to mind, Barry Bonds, Kurt Schilling. Now, Schilling wants to be taken off of this. And, of course, think about it. You know, you got Kurt Schilling, who's I think he's a theorist, but he, he's got some interesting stuff that goes on in his head. But the Barry Bonds thing, when are we going to end up – when are we going to fess up and we're going to say, dude, he had the quickest bat? What was your thoughts on that? Um, who are the other ones that were – and Roger, Cle- Roger Clemens. Uh, I mean, so I mean, the list went on and on, and they got right. a bunch of new guys too. So two of the two of the three you said. So you pretty much had two cheaters and a racist. Um, I could see, <laughs> <laughs> you could see the connection there. I could see why they're not going. Why they're not going into the hall of fame. Just saying. But at least <laughs> one wanted himself taken off of the ba- you know the balloting. You know at least and you know what you know, you know what I can't even. Uh, I I don't understand that thing with Shelling. I don't understand where with him all all this stuff. Like he's been a head case more or less. Like since yeah, he. I, since he retired and I respected him as a yeah. pitcher. He actually was one of my all time favorite pitchers growing up as a kid from the time. Oh my God, the, the, bloody sock, the bloody yeah, sock like, moment. And then not to mention being one of the best number twos to Randy Johnson in Arizona. Like, so I, I don't understand where all this other rhetoric is coming from, from him. And it's more or less like after, after he retired, yeah. He's just had like diarrhea of the mouth and he lost his job at ESPN and mm-hmm. just it's one thing after another. And he's like, he seems to be one of those guys now that just can't stay out of his own way. And it sucks. I feel bad for him, but the bonds and Clemens, it's not going to happen. And if it does, it would be some type of miracle that either one of them are in the hall of fame. Well, and it, 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 what's interesting to me with Barry Bonds, and I'll be, I'll be honest with you about this, because when I saw this whole thing, and w- what I find very interesting is just that the fact that nobody ends up getting in. And by the way, next year, these are, well, yeah, the next year, you got A-Rod, no, Dave no. Ortiz, Mark Teixeira, Jimmy Rollins, Ryan Howard, Joe Namath, Jonathan Pabalbon, Prince Fielder, and Tim Lincecum. That's your next year guys that are going to be coming in. But my thing is with Barry Bonds, regardless of what people think, if he cheated or not, I mean, outside of it, I've been saying this conversation over and over again. And I've even had conversations with guys who I played baseball with, played softball with, and they're left-handed batters. And every single one of them growing up, they all watched 
Barry Bonds swing. Every single one of them. Not like, <laughs> and, and, but, and it's crazy because if you think about it, like I've summed it up this way. Barry Bonds had the quickest swing. He had the quickest swing of a lefty. I mean, if you even if you look at the years when he was in Pittsburgh, I mean, he had the quickest bat. Then you had Griffey, who had the smoothest swing of a lefty. That's one thing that I could break down from there. But and you have to think about this too, because we did have recently a passing of of uh, Hank Aaron, and it's just interesting to me how this there's nobody that's going in. I, I and I don't get it, but I'm like. When will the time be that they're because I, my question is, what is the time going to be when they bring in Pete Rose? I almost feel never. like it's going to be never, never, <laughs> never. I'm sorry, but never. And uh, to touch on lefties, I followed Ken Griffey Jr. Swing from the time I was a little kid and I was fortunate enough when I played, um, for single a for the reds back in 2006 i got to meet him during spring training and i i was practically on uh, my whole wayne's world get on both knees i'm not worthy type deal like (laughs) i i almost cried in front of the man like if it wasn't for you i wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for you i wouldn't be an outfielder if it wasn't for you i wouldn't bat the way i i i do like it was just one of those things that will always forever like be a forever remember for me. Like it shit was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. <laughs> hey, you know what though? I mean, listen, when you're talking about, you know, big time guys, um, <clears throat> you know, the guys that we idolized for so, you know, for so long and for you having the up and close um, experience with that, you know, playing in single A and then getting a chance to, um, seeing him, meeting him. It's like, yeah, it's so surreal. I, I mean, I have to ask because this would be great for all of our, for all of our, uh, our fans and for our, all of our viewers. But you think about it, you spent your tenure playing baseball and until the time where it was just like, you know, it was basically about the time and thing, you know, and life catches up to us. It, it does. It, it changes in so many various ways. But take me back to your time when you had that experience in baseball and you had a lot of big-time names. Because, listen, my pops, his backup catcher, backup in Chafee High School in California, was Mike Sweeney. And once he tore up his knee, that was when Sweeney got the shot, and now he's a Hall of Famer for the Kansas City Royals. You know, And, and I've heard experiences about that. My real dad, he got scouted by Mike Lieberthal's dad. Oh wow! And that's yeah, and he ended up getting offers from the Dodgers, the Braves, um, and the Giants. There were a bunch of teams, and he was playing all in the minor league systems. So take me like when you were a player, and what was the best experiences that you have gotten out of it? Like what were some of like the wow moments you had? I wouldn't say wow moments, but like pretty much it was more or less how everything happened for me. Mm-hmm. So 2006, um. I was living on Long Island. I actually had, um, there was an open tryout that the Reds actually had on Long Island that I was going to try out. I ended up tearing my hamstring uh, during the course of that summer, and I missed out. I moved to Florida shortly after. I think it was September of 2006. I had moved down to Florida and had tried out with 
the Detroit Tigers in uh, Lakeland. Didn't pan out all that great, obviously. Um, I tried out with the Baltimore Orioles as well. And then I was playing in this amateur league um, out in Lakewood Ranch. And the guy that ran the team was actually the Red Single A general manager. So he liked how I played. He liked what I was about. And um, he sent some guys down to check me out one night. And it was like, okay, are you interested? I was like, huh? <laughs> yeah, of course I am. Yeah. Like, Hey, come on now. <laughs> so from there, um, I did my time up until what was it? The middle of or early 2008. So I played with Justin Turner, mm-hmm. played with uh, Jay Bruce, played with Johnny Cueto, all good dudes. Um, and my other question is, did you ever get a chance to meet Joey Votto? Uh, no. At the time, Votto was already in the show. Votto was actually playing for... I may be wrong. I want to say he was in Tampa. I think he was playing for the Rays at the time because it did go to the trap a couple of times, and I'm almost positive he was playing for them at the time. But um, I think I, I was that type of person that had fun with the game. And I, I would, I was never arrogant, but I would have fun and do stupid shit sometimes. Um, <laughs> I'll never forget one game that I actually, this is the game I got ejected, was a home run shy of the cycle. And uh. we are tied in the bottom of the ninth. And I'm up to bat, I hit a short uh, grounder to first base, and right away I'm out. I freaking ran through first. I slammed my helmet and ah. did a did an extra point with the helmet into the stands and right away got ejected. I was like, oh never. no. I um, mean, hey, you, I mean, hey, it, it, hopefully that kick was good because last thing you need is a double doink. I just I, just, I lost my mind when that happened, but um uh you had a loopanella was, you had a loopanella moment. Yeah, pretty that, much. <laughs> it was it was a very interesting experience. It was something I'll never forget. And it was like, it was cut short more or less. As I go into the story, you're going to be like, really? How'd you do this? So I ended up suffering a concussion. And this was before concussions were um, before people really cared that much. Mm-hmm. So I was in the outfield one night and had a ball short hit to me. My second baseman is coming back too. I got it. I got it. I got it. I ended up catching his forearm to my face and bounce face for us off the ground was out Mm -hmm. cold for about 10 minutes Mm -hmm. came to I'm bleeding dead center on my lip and they're like yo we have to take you out like no not happening like I'm going to finish this game so I take a towel in between innings I'm soaking it in ice and just biting down on it and still bleeding 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 I um went home that night and you know first thing uh, for anybody that has concussions, you're not supposed to fall asleep. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I, <laughs> I went home. I went to sleep. Then uh, I woke up the next morning and I was just like, okay. Within like a week or two, I hadn't played uh, for about a week, week and a half. And it was just other things going on. I kind of got homesick and I was like. Um, yeah, things started to kind of like develop uh, over time. And- I was just like, guys, um, please are. <clears throat> Just release me. Like, I'm sorry, but release me. And that was May, May 2008. I think about a month later, I moved back to New York. Mm-hmm. 
2009, my cousin gets me into back to playing football. I was playing semi-pro football up until 2017. And pretty much the same reason I stopped playing baseball. I had to stop playing football the last month that I played. Three concussions in a month. That was about the time I was like, yeah, I can't do this no more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's there's only like about a certain amount of time, you know, when it comes to, you know, those uh, many times of just suffering injuries like that and especially like that one. Like I you know, I've had I've had my share my fair share of moments. Now, luckily, I didn't have, you know, any concussions or whatnot at the time, but I do remember one time playing up in high school and we were playing on a turf field and I'm playing first base and the team that I had, I mean, I've always called it. It was a team full of Smurfs. There were maybe only like two, three guys, myself included, who are actually like taller than the rest of them. But I do remember taking one ground ball and I overly anticipated this thing. And I had braces on in my, you know, at the time. And I was very, very close to like being done with it, having the braces taken off. And I took a freaking ground ball, smacked me right dead in the mouth. And what sucked about that is, you know, like one of those like meat grinders when you see all that, that's yeah. literally how my mouth was the second I'm like moving around and I'm like, yeah, like and it just was that much. But the only best part that I had remembered was there was a foul ball that was being hit and I kept going and going and going. They're like, dude, let it go. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not letting it go. I have a chance. And I just jump right over from the, uh, from the whole fencing and managed to catch the ball. Oh my God. Made that out. I was just like, yeah, even with my mouth hurting and everybody was all surrounding me. I'm like, guys, give me space. I'm good. But I do remember like something similar like that. I'm playing in a softball tournament and one of the guys from second base, there was a fly ball closest to both of us. And I come up, I make the catch, but somehow my second baseman hits my elbow and it actually cut him like right on the underside of his eyebrow. Oh. And you could just see that cut itself. And he's just like sitting there, not moving. He's just kind of stuck there. And then eventually, once he got back to his senses, he was, he, you know, he was all right. But yeah, that I remember a moment like that. And that, that was terrible. That was absolutely terrible. I do miss it a lot. Um, I definitely miss, I miss football more. Mm -hmm. um, I actually just had a guy that I played with a couple of years ago reach out to me uh, about a week ago, like, yo. We're back. Da, 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 da. I was like, <laughs> speak French? <laughs> Who's this we? Because I'm done, bro. Like, I, nah, I can't, I can't put my body through that no more. As much as I loved it and it was a great way to let all the frustrations out, yeah. I can't do it no more. Oh, yeah. No, and I, and I totally agree with you on that. You know, and, and like I said, there just comes to a point where that just ends up happening. And like in my pop's case with, you know, the Mike Sweeney thing, I mean, he was one of the best stopping catchers up out there. I mean, he was like a brick wall. But somehow, someway, there was always one play where a guy just snuck up right under him, snuck his foot like right up underneath, and especially in the spot that's just like, oh, yeah, that that's blowing a knee. And once it hit him, yeah, blew his knee, everything, and that was what gave Sweeney the nod that, you know, he goes and plays catcher, and then sure enough, he makes it all the way over to the show. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy how a scenario happens like that, but... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I miss the game, honestly, too. Like, you know, I mean, I play softball nowadays, and I'm just the kind of person that I only play for the love of the game. I don't play for the people. You know, there, there, there just comes a point where it's like sometimes when you face against the same group of people 
every single time. And it always seems to be like a record that just continuously plays over and over and over again. It's like it never stops. That's where it just kind of gets sickening. But it doesn't mean that, like, you know, I, I don't gel with like my own team. I just yeah. build them exactly how I want it to be built as a winning type of culture and a winning mindset. And guys that like afterwards, we play like a team and we chill like a team. We have barbecues. We have, you know, we, we have hangouts. We do all that. But that's just with me. Love the game, but sometimes don't truly miss some of the people that's there. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's just how I am, you know? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be very, very interesting. And, uh, a couple things I definitely wanted to go over for sure. Um, so there are a bunch of teams right now that have been busy and that have been making a lot of moves, especially the Toronto Blue Jays. They've been, I'm kind of pissed now because of the fact of, you know, they end up signing Marcus Simeon to a one year, $18 million contract. And I don't know where the hell they're going to put him. You got Boba Shed at short. So if you're going to convert him from short to second, I don't know how that's going to work. Right. But they get George Springer in the middle of it. They go and get Steven Matz, and they get a couple of other good arms, and they end up getting um, – I think they ended up getting one reliever as well that I think was very, very interesting. But there are some teams right now that are, ve are very much getting competitive and some that are kind of sitting in between. Well, that was but, we all knew that the – the Blue Jays were one of those teams that were just you were constantly hearing about them just as much as you were hearing about the Padres and every single move they've made like over the last year, like last six months. And all of a sudden Toronto's trying to do the same thing to be able to contend for the division, at least in the AL East. It's very interesting. They have all these young guys, all these second generation players, and they're just trying to make something happen. Uh, just signing and trading and doing all these things. And I'm very interested to see how that product ends up looking this coming season, uh, especially in that tough AL East. And I couldn't even begin to tell you how many times, you know, uh, for my grandfather on his deathbed, how many times he always reminded me of watch out for the Padres every time, you know, and because of the fact of you had the ownership that was once the owner of the Dodgers go to the San Diego Padres reshape this whole uh organization to where now they're they're potentially brewing something interesting and maybe potentially have a winning culture in san diego i mean it's interesting how all this builds around but uh, if i had to think of it like a couple of teams you know if you get at least at least a list of top fives which ones that you think could be competitive could be al could be AL, nl won't matter but which ones are very much going to be the guys that are going to be the the difference makers, the ones that made some interesting moves and could potentially make noise in this new season. In this coming season, I'm going to say the Dodgers just because they're the reigning defending World Series champions. Mm -hmm. Padres, definitely, especially with everything they've been doing, what they're building over there. Um, I know it sounds corny, but I'm putting the Mets up there mm -hmm. just because of what they've done, especially with the new ownership of Steve Cohen and the moves that they've made. Um I don't want to say the Yankees because I don't. I'm not sold on them at the moment. That's, yeah. that's not, obviously, I'm not a fan of them either. But Toronto is going to be a surprise right now. As of right now, we have to see what else they continue to do. Um, I'm trying to think who else in the AL. 
I wouldn't, you know what? I would even say potentially the Braves. Yeah. Just because they've been solid these last few years. Well, I think it's going to be interesting because if you look at it, I mean, they have Max Freed. You're hoping, you know, for the Braves fans, they're hoping that, you know, Mike Soroka is going to come back healthier and they'll get more innings out of him. There were a couple of interesting arms that I thought were really, really good. But I think Shane Green is very solid as a reliever. But it'll be interesting how they set this thing up. But And what's interesting about that is how they... Because I never understood why they picked up Pablo Sandoval for one. I'm like, for what? The hell are they going to use him for that? I'm not even going to lie. When you see... I've always done this every time. But when you see Pablo Sandoval, my pops literally looks like him. I'm not joking. The smile... The, the the well-rounded all of that it's it's funny as hell and i always give him so much crap for it it's funny but um but you have to think about how they ended up um transforming at least a little bit of travis darno because darno at one point was definitely there for the mets but it was interesting how he's bounced around you know in so many different clubs just to at the very least go on the club that he'll get back to the world series. It's just funny how you good, how you, some of these guys can play for the Mets and look like trash and then they go somewhere else. And all of a sudden it's like, where the fuck was this guy when we had him? Yeah. Right. And not to mention, I mean, Darno made noise like what? Two, three times for the Mets yep. in the playoffs in 2015. That yep. was crazy, but it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this new year really pans out. But as of what I see right now, because the other talks of it, the runner on second base deal. You and I both know that it sucks. I wasn't listen, for it. <laughs> sure was, wasn't yeah. For it. Listen, I was only in it for the season, but never for postseason. Postseason is supposed to be nerve wracking. It's supposed to be pressurized. You know, all these kids, this is what separates the boys from the men. Don't, don't, you know, don't make it so easy for everybody. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be an uncomfortable place where like, you got to learn how to overcome adversities. Well, we did that comparison with hockey in regards to how the regular season, you have the shootout and the playoffs, mm -hmm. you have OT until you just, until you finally score. And there were, there were games I used to watch. Like this was years ago. I'll never forget that. I think I must've been 12 years old. I was watching um, a Dallas stars playoff game and they played, I forgot who they were playing, but they played like four overtimes in the playoffs. So it's like, Holy shit. Why am I still awake right now? Oh, good God. I could feel, I can only feel for the guys last this past year when Columbus was playing Tampa and that thing went all the way to like six overtime. I mean, my God, Eunice Corposalo and Andre Vasilevsky were freaking solid. But Corposalo was the one who had the most the most blocked shots. That was the equivalent to watching a cricket game. It was just one of those games that never ends. Yeah, it never ends. And it's like, no matter what, the time regulation just keeps reloading and reloading. And it's like, when, it, you know, it's like you're waking up on the other side of the world and it's like, okay, when is this thing going to be over now? <laughs> it's so boy, because I got to get there. <laughs> Oh, but you know, I just think with this, it, it's going to be some interesting changes, but as I've said before, and I know you're definitely on, up on board with me with this, but this whole money crap thing is ridiculous. Again, as I've repeated, as I've repeated myself, think about these people working in concessions. Is this really a big deal? Because think about it. The DH is supposed to be where you have more of these players. You're getting easier edges and expanded playoffs. Think about what the other what the NFL is doing. The NFL and the CBA bargaining agreement, they 
did fantastic. They did fantastic all throughout this. And now we've got the Super Bowl where we got Kansas City in, in Tampa. And then you look at hockey, how they cha- how they changed up the divisions. It's going to be very interesting how they play this out. But I just don't get it with Major League Baseball. I really, really don't. I mean, I love the game, but I just can't understand the process. Apparently, there's reports right now about the Cactus League and how they might not even be starting spring training on time in Arizona because of the pandemic and everything. I did see that. That That is tough because Arizona, and I've got friends of mine that live up over there, it is like COVID Central. It's like second to COVID Central to California. It's crazy. And I, I'm surprised I haven't even heard anything from the Grapefruit League. Crazy. Uh, Eh. <laughs> <laughs> like give it at least a little bit you, you might hear something you might because it's florida and florida's just as bad right now because these people just everybody's doing what they want to do and yeah it's it's upsetting it's annoying like we we could be back to normal right now if people were doing the right thing and yeah it ain't going away anytime soon no and it's kind of unfortunate you know and and yeah I mean, I mean, especially I, I don't trust these vaccines either because I just don't think that like it's really legit. I've been hearing news now about, you know, these second doses and I'm just like, I don't, I don't Wait, know. What are you hearing about the second dose? They're saying from what I and I'll tell you this, I hate to kind of break bring this story up. But my mother, actually, she had just gotten a, a she just got a vaccine. She had the first dose. It was difficult of breathing for one now my mother does have thyroid it's difficult because of the fact of how her immune system um just how her immune system works it doesn't multitask it's tough um but the second dose from what i'm being told is a lot harder than what the first dose is is a moderna pfizer uh pfizer yep Oh yeah, I, I believe me. I yeah, God. yeah. Yo, now, now you're gonna make me freak out, great. I don't want to do that in front. I don't want to end up doing that in front of our fans here. I, I don't want to end up doing. That. <laughs> oh man! I, All right, I, I, yeah, we'll we'll talk about this later. But we'll, we'll talk about well, yeah. We'll talk about this off the script. So, but, anyways, anyways, yeah. back to our our lovely sports show with Jake the Snake. Yeah, Live so- <laughs> brought to you in part by Spotlight Sports Network. Um, <laughs> you were earlier talking about the quarterback carousel that's about yeah. to happen in the NFL, and I, honest to God, I can't wait. Um, I tried calling in the ESPN radio a couple times the other day while I was at work because they were talking about everything, and you know, mostly Monday and Tuesday it was nonstop conversations about Aaron Rodgers and oh, why didn't he run? Oh, all those other crap. So I don't know if you saw in the chat before, but I had said Stafford and I was going to call in with this idea. And funny enough, they brought it up before I could even get on the air. I see Stafford going to Indy Stafford and Indy makes sense. And so do I from the standpoint of one, we have a great running game in Taylor Mac Hines. You also have a great defense. Both of those things Stafford never he has never had in his career in the NFL. He's had, he had one elite receiver in Megatron, but he has never had a solid defense or excellent running game. And I see him going there Mm -hmm. or new Orleans Watson. 
Uh, Rich Simini the other day said that he does not see him going to the Jets as a first, doesn't see Watson going to the Jets as a first choice. He's most likely going to end up going to Miami. So you'll probably see Tua end up getting traded there. Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. is going to play for every single team in the AFC East, as I believe he's going to sign with the New England Patriots, and they might even uh, still draft Kyle Trask as a backup. Um, who else? Who else is out there? I see Aaron Rodgers potentially, if he's traded, going to San Francisco. Um, mm-hmm. Darnold, uh, Darnold, I, I think just, may end up. I don't even know. I just seriously feel like you know again, and I I mentioned this about the Jets because I'm not saying that Darnold is a terrible quarterback. Mm-hmm. I'm not because there have been times. When there's no ghosts on the field, there are times where he actually plays better. He, he does. He had his spur. I mean, think about it. Post-mono, the guy was playing out of his mind. He was actually playing really good. It's just unfortunate because Adam Gase is so notorious of te- of tearing players' uh, careers down. You know, and that's kind of, you know, that's the unfortunate thing. But, however, I just said this, that that number two pick is the heaviest pick in the draft Mm -hmm. and if you want to get more and more picks and maybe potentially get a better offensive line again like you make trades you may i I guarantee you pittsburgh i've been saying this pittsburgh needs to be done with big ben big you watch drew Brees. you watch philip rivers you watched a lot of these old quarterbacks one more year i just don't think that ben after the shoulder injury looked the same and it didn't seem like he really recovered, if not, um, if not exactly like you know he he really um, like he he really worked on him like on it and, and you know and readjusted. It didn't seem like that. It seemed like he got heavier, and it just seemed like there's not much you can really do for Big Ben. So if I'm smart enough that look, there's good quarterbacks out there in this draft, and if you want to end up. T- I'd get on the phone with Jets and inquire about the number two pick. And in the returning process for what the Jets can do, get an offensive line, get an offensive lineman, inquire picks, and there you go. You 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 sealed the deal and you got um and like I said, you you sealed the deal, you got a better offensive line, and that can help Sam Darnold in the long run. Then you can start to worry about what other needs need to happen. Charles really just asked could Peyton Manning come back to the Colts. I can't. Really? Oh God. Really? Um yeah. <laughs> I think I think if Ben actually had decided to retire at the end of this season, that you probably would have seen Cam Newton potentially going to Pittsburgh. Oh, another bit I know, but another big body equivalent to Roethlisberger, but he could actually run. Um, it would have made sense to for Tomlin to a big body, way. a big body of a quarterback, but a noodle type of throwing motion. Like, uh, like I, I said, know. I, I feel know. that Newton will end up signing with uh, what fucking team? Yeah, that's what WFT <laughs> stands for now. I don't care <laughs> <laughs> until they come up with a, a real a real team name. That's what I'm calling them from here on out. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, um, and I, I I don't blame you there. It's it's gonna be very 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 interesting. Like I'm actually, I'm looking forward for this season to be over. I'm looking forward 
towards the draft. I'm looking forward to free agency and seeing what a circus this is going to be in regards to the quarterback position because there's also, also talks to the Rams wanting to trade uh, golf now. And that big oh, money God. contract, that big money contract. I don't know if you, I don't know, if, I don't know that? if you saw, I don't know if you saw this earlier, but I was talking about that. I was literally talking about this Jared Goff thing because I, this, this conversation feels like a Derek Carr thing. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Jeff, but li- listen, here's the thing. When I look at Jared Goff, Goff has not really had terrible numbers. If you think about it, He's only completed 54, 62, 64, 62, and 67% of his throws. Last year was 67. And he's thrown for 10,000, 3,800, 4,600, 4,600, and 3,900 passing yards. And his quarterback rating has been in the solid hundreds. It's been close to the solid hundreds. And in this just this past year, he's only been in the 90s. And you have to think about it. He's stayed healthy for the longest time. And he only suffered that thumb injury. But what do you ask of him? He's got three pins in his damn thumb. Well, they're like, pretty much doing the same thing that the Raiders have done with Carr. And this isn't just fans. Like, no, it is just fans. Like, everybody's holding him accountable for everything. Like, offense, defense, everything. And it's just like, yo, these when quarterbacks you think, don't but, do everything. Like, but why, here was why what, is but it, he to blame? Yeah. But at the same time, that money contract that he got, the contract that he has, he, yeah, he was never worth that money. Him and Wentz got these these ridiculous high but contracts this what, for what? For mm-hmm. what? But here's the funny thing. This is what I also said episodes ago that I have been saying about this with the LA Rams, and I even talked about the Houston Texans thing. The Rams, they're so pro player that they gave every single one of their guys early contracts. I mean, Andrew Whitworth is literally on the tail end of his career before he's ready to retire, but yet he won't go because he's getting paid good amount of money to play. Todd Gurley ended up getting a, you know, he ended up getting a contract. And then what happened? He's got arthritis on his knees. And now you're kind of seeing the downward spiral of it. And what sucks about this is the Rams lost their defensive coordinator. They lost at least a a couple of their, um, they lost a couple of their other special coaches as well. And so they're gonna have they're gonna have to, to to take this toll, guys. They're gonna have to make sacrifices now. They're gonna have to let players walk. They're gonna have to end, end up implementing trades, but that's the whole point of it. Because initially, I'm saying this: the Saints are gonna have a huge setback because they're already owing money over the cap hole, the cap threshold. It's going to be very difficult for New for New Orleans, but. In this initial case with the Rams, you're stuck with him because they literally called Jared Goff's agent and was just like, listen, we need to talk about restructuring that contract. And the agent pretty much came back and said just simple words, go kick rocks. You're not like you're not touching that. And here's what's interesting. You don't hear anything about Jared Goff. Jared Goff's so quiet. Like, you know, he's, he's a quiet to himself type of guy. You saw what happened with the shit with, uh, with Dwayne Haskins, the the Redskins end up calling him out, and sure enough, he just was not mature to take the job. That's, that was clear as day. Yeah, and then the Carson Wentz deal. Everybody wanted to blame Carson Wentz, and I, for one, you know me, I've defended Carson Wentz until it got to the point, oh, Doug Peterson was 
the guy, you know, he was the mastermind behind all of this. And now you have Nick Sirianni who has to repair the relationship between Hertz and Wentz as uh, he's going to have an awful lot on his plate. But is that the, is that what we're looking at in green Bay as well? With LaFleur going do, do, and getting love? No, I don't think so. The way that I broke this down was they did this with Favre with Aaron Rodgers. Right, right. They and I remember that. Him. And now Aaron Rodgers is feeling this with Jordan Love. But here's the thing. At least Green Bay's future is protected. That's the whole reason they went and got Jordan Love. Like Aaron Rodgers, he had to sit at least for a couple of years Mm-hmm. Get his talent because he, he he's a raw, talented quarterback. He's got an arm. He's got stuff, but is not quite there yet to really be developed to where he can be an NFL caliber quarterback. That's the part that people don't realize. But here's the other thing: what whatever happened with you know the uh, you know the the defensive side of the football? You know the, the linebackers was a question for me because once they let Blake Martinez walk, they were not going to be as you know, as intimidating, they weren't going to be in your face and all this other stuff. Right. But remember, a lot of coaches make mistakes. I know everybody looks at Andy Reid and he's this perfectionist and he's amazing and he doesn't have. I understand that. But there are sometimes one time where coaches will make a silly mistake. You don't end up going for it on a fourth down, at least be aggressive in the game because Green Bay could have won that game. Facts. Tom threw for three picks and he still got into the Super Bowl. I just, I don't understand that. That sounded like a Darian response. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's a game of chess. It's nope. pressurized, but that's what separates some of these coaches. LaFleur is going to get back in and I'm sure he's going to learn from that mistake. But at the same time, Aaron needs another wide receiver. He's another wide receiver. They're probably going to let Aaron Aaron Jones walk. To be they honest, got, they should have got Fuller when they had the opportunity. And uh, oh wait, never mind. Fuller got suspended like the last six games, anyways. But yep, that, that I mean, yeah, that would have been bad. Maybe they uh, knew something, and maybe that's why they didn't pull, they didn't pull that trade off. I honestly feel like you know, with Green Bay, they should have at least gotten um, they should have gotten one of the one of the low end like under the radar wide receivers um. I don't think AJ Green would have worked there. I don't think he would have worked there. But AJ Green ain't working anywhere right now. Like, let's be real. Like, this oh yeah, can't. It's always hurt now. Like, yeah. Anybody uh, really want to waste very, on that? No. Yeah, he's very much injury prone. And then you got yeah, it, it's it's interesting. But I just feel like they're gonna let Aaron Jones walk. To be honest, but I do like that kid AJ Dillon. I think the kid. Oh, he looked really good, and I'm like, as I was watching that game, I'm like, yo, where and he's built, he, he's where strong. Did he come from, yeah, yeah. I'm like, where the hell did this kid come from? I like. Oh, I EJ, said, EJ says, couldn't they got? Couldn't they get Golden Tate? Oh, okay, God. what has Golden Tate done the last few years? Not <laughs> right. a damn thing. Besides just showing his appearance and winning the Super Bowl for Philadelphia, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's interesting stuff, but I just feel like, yeah, this quarterback carousel is going to be very interesting to watch. Um, I just truly feel like that Miami, you're getting the coach, you're getting the defense. They're probably going to end up reshaping with the wide receiver core, starting with Devonte Parker. They need to get him some help. Um, I think the run game, they might need one more, but they're kind of set and they're just ready to be competitive in that East. 
because you. you got jo- you got Josh Allen. You got Josh Allen up there in Buffalo mm-hmm. being competitive. Um, New England, New England just needs a quarterback. New England just needs a quarterback, and they need a tight end for one because that was their biggest struggle. And uh, they the need Jets a number one receiver as well because they have not they haven't had a number one receiver in ages. No, they 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 haven't. Not since yeah, not since Randy Moss. They have not had it. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of developing for him, but I feel like that's a good fit. Stafford to the Colts feels like that's picture perfect. In my opinion, I don't know what San Francisco is going to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. I really don't. I mean, you're kind of paying him this money, but at the same time, is he going to stay healthy? Is he going to be consistent or what is the deal? There's a lot of questions involved, but it's like, everybody likes to think that quarterbacks are so simple to replace no, they're not. They're not because everybody likes to idolize Patrick Mahomes. They like to idolize Justin Herbert and Deshaun Watson. And like, well, you, idol- you, idol- you idolize Herbert. What are you saying right now? No, I'm joking. But but you get what I mean. You you you're like you know you get these young kids. We never knew Herbert was going to be this good. I mean, me personally, I thought he would. I so personally, did I. so did I. We had, that, we had that conversation the other day. I watched him throughout his time in Oregon, and I definitely felt he was going to be a special talent. So, yeah, I hate the fact that he is on arrival, but I'm happy for the kid. But I'll tell you one thing that I would love to see if this does come to fruition. Just imagine if the trade happens between Houston and Miami for Watson and Tua that the Dolphins give away wait who has the second round the second overall pick the Jets the Jets do so yes what pick what pick does Miami have right now uh they got the third thanks to Houston so look at it this way if Houston gets that get that gets that uh gets that third overall pick back and they uh pick up the kid from Alabama the receiver from Alabama and put him back with Tua Charles, that that's crazy. nonsense, dude. Don't don't start with me with that. That that's would be crazy. Nonsense. Herbert he, would demand his way out of his charge. <laughs> get out of here with that. That's the re- that's the whole reason why we got all these coaches. That's so disrespectful. That is so disrespectful. Come on, man. <laughs> that's not how you treat people. That is not how you treat people. <laughs> but that's the whole sole purpose of why we got these coaches, and I'm so excited as all hell. But yeah, I, funny, that, enough, funny enough, I only came in. I came in and was just sitting backstage because I was just chilling, about to have my popcorn and enjoy your show. And you brought me in. Oh, that was the whole, oh, that was the whole deal. You were just lurking I in. I was just coming to hang out. <laughs> I wasn't even coming to jump in. I was, I was like, I don't have. Well, I knew you had. To, I knew you had to be excited for what other possibilities that the Mets have on their sleeve. So. I'm happy so far, but we still have a little bit of a ways to go. Like we still, Thor's not going to be back until probably late June, early July, which I'm fine with. I'll let him recover. Um, yeah. I would, I would love to get Bauer. I would love for them to try to get Jackie Bradley Jr. as well. Um, yeah. Apparently, there's still talks about them. Here we go again. Toronto's in the mix for this as well. Between <laughs> the Mets and the um, Blue Jays, there are talks about one of these teams trying to trade for Chris Bryant. So I did see about that. That's interesting. And and again, this is a guy too. And living here in Vegas, some of these kids up over here, they just don't get it. 
And like you had Chris Bryant, who literally turned down a $200 million extension with Chicago. And I thought that was nuts. But you have to think about it. They utilized him from third to left field and, you know, other places. And I'm just like, what the hell are they doing with him? Yep. He was meant to play third, but. But he saw the writing on the wall. And that's the same thing, like, that the Mets have been doing. From whoa, the whoa, whoa, hold, hold, hold on. I'm sorry, but I have to see this nonsense here. Okay, Charles, you are speaking absolute nonsense here. But Herbal, Herbert will never be able to compete in the same division as Mahomes. Are you kidding me? Dude, the first game. Did you watch week two, Charles? Week two, we lost 23 to 20. That was the closest game we've ever had against Kansas City. And then we kicked their asses late in the season. Like, that is the closest we've ever played. How can you tell me you can't compete with Mahomes? Kansas City was not even prepared for Herbert. Like, are you kidding? And then trade Herbert after this year when his value is high? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Is that the Coyotes logo that he has? That is. That is the Arizona Coyotes, yeah. When was the last time the Coyotes won a Stanley Cup? Oh, Lord. They haven't. They have not. I just had to throw it out there. They have not. Because I rem- I'm trying to remember back in the day when they were Phoenix. <sighs> I think the only two players I remember them having back in the day was Keith Kachuk and uh, Jeremy Roenick, and that was it. Oh my God! Yeah, listen, <laughs> I, I listen. They, I mean, they got a really good kid in Clayton Keller, but he still has a lot of development to do. They got rid of Max Domi. They ended up getting rid of Derek Stepan, and they ended up getting rid of a couple of guys. It's just like I don't even know if they, like. I don't even know what Arizona's identity is anymore. I really don't like we won a playoff series last year though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You win one playoff series last year, but then eventually you got boat raced. You know what they say? Every blind squirrel finds a nut. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. If, if, if there's one team really to make fun of, it's definitely the Edmonton Oilers. You got in and you get upset by Chicago of all teams. I mean, yeah, it's Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, but good God, you get upset there. Chicago still got that history, though. It's one thing. I There's certain teams when it comes to any type of sport. I'm gonna I, de- I respect I'm gonna, the hell out of the history, and Chicago is one of those teams. I am going to deny that thought. Best goalie in hockey is on the Coyotes. Darcy Kemper is not the best goaltender in the damn league. Stop it. Stop it. Method's you're telling you're basically telling me he is on the same lines of Andre Vasilevsky, or he's on the same lines as Mark Andre Fleury, or even Jordan Bennington or Carter Hart. Stop it. Fleury Stop will it. always be a penguin to me. I don't care. Hey, listen, I, I'm fine with that. I'm he fine always, with that. He will always be one of my favorite penguins. I don't care. Oh man, he's so much fun to watch, dude. I mean, I've watched him so many times in, in the fortress, dude, and he's so much fun to watch. And I got a chance to meet him in person. Really? Like, I got a chance. I seriously did. Like, I was not expecting it, dude. Like, um, he's skinny as hell. Like, he's skinny ad- and he's agile, dude. Like, it's crazy. But I'm like, is that really how they look under the pads? I, I, like- I got, I'm going to send you the picture when I was hanging out with Rick DiPietro um, last year. Um, they were doing their show on Long Island and we all went to a Met game together afterwards and like that dude is a riot. And outside of his gear, like I did not realize he was so damn small. Like we're probably the same height. I was like, Holy shit. Yeah. Oh Lord. I was actually <laughs> just looking through, what was it? The Facebook memories today. I remember I was telling you about that game. I went to for my, I think it was my 25th birthday, 24th birthday when uh, Jack Hill and 
got his jaw broken by Ovechkin <laughs> slap shot. I saw my Facebook memories and all the pictures. I, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> oh my God. I, I actually was at the game when um the Knights were playing the Capitals. <laughs> And I actually did see Reeves knock out Tom Wilson so bad. It was like he just hit the whole ice. is <laughs> elite. Jacob wouldn't trade him for anyone. Oh, God. Kemper is not elite, dude. He's not close yet. He still has development left up in him, but he's not even close to elite. And you're telling me he's better than you're telling me he's better than Carey Price. Are you serious? God, like this, this is honestly, I've been talking about this too. Montreal. This is probably the best looking Montreal that I've seen at all, like in long time years. I mean, they retained Brendan Gallagher. They still got Shea Weber and they ended up getting Josh Anderson, honestly, from that Domi trade where I I think that was a really, really good trade on their part. We're talking, Josh, about, every, we're talking about everything, Sean, everything. And you know yeah, what? Literally everything. Uh, Montreal, let's go get some poutine and uh, listen to the most annoying goal horn ever. <laughs> yeah no kidding right oh my god freaking poutine freaking poutine man i tried i tried the poutine fries before man and i thought it was good i thought it was good is it montreal or toronto that has the best strip clubs i think it's montreal let's take a trip yeah okay there you go <laughs> travel a little up north i i feel like i could be canadian for a week <laughs> eh? let's do it <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna roll out and let you finish your amazing show, Charles. Yes, yeah, so much fun going back and forth with us. Make sure to subscribe to my channel as well, bro. Yes, definitely subscribe to Hammer's House. Where can they find you at? All on the social medias, my friend. Because I know you got YouTube. Uh, and so well, I got YouTube, obviously. Uh Instagram, it's hammers.house. Uh Facebook. Uh, you could probably find me the same way. Uh, well, the name, anyways, Jeff Hammond. Uh, what other social media am I on? I think that all well, Twitch, Twitch dropped the hammer, but that's too much to even go into because the whole ridiculous <laughs> spelling and numbers and letters and all that stupid crap. But right. um, yeah, it's been fun. Like I said, I was just sitting back watching, and you brought me in. I was like, oh, I don't even have a green screen. I look like crap right now. I got my my glasses on. I'm looking like a nerd. Um, I'll, hold, hold on. on. Let me try to find this real quick, just so I can put it up. Yeah, and plug it in there. Um, where the hell yeah. is this? I don't know if it's all going to come up as at once, but I'm going to try it. There, I think I can. Let me see here. Don't bust that nut. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Covey. And there's the Twitter. And then in comes the YouTube folks. There you go. There you go. And we are 25 we're away. All, we're all blasting all at once. We so are 25 away from 100 subscribers. Um, yeah, we are. We're doing a giveaway. I'm going to put it out there right now. For, for the person that becomes the 100th subscriber to my channel, I will be sending you out some merchandise, uh, compliments of Hammer's House. And there you go, there, Charles. Just sub. Thank you so appreciate, much. Charles. Appreciate really it, brother. Appreciate it. Um, and I'll probably do a giveaway of some merch, and you might get something else as well. Um, just stay tuned and keep checking out uh, the content I put up. It, today was a like I said, and like Jake said, it was a busy day for the Mets. So I threw up two videos today. I did not expect 
to be doing that today. Uh, it's a great way to spend my little staycation uh, week off. Um, and I'm definitely going to try to put in as much more as I possibly can while I'm off this week, especially with all this craziness going on with the Mets and uh, probably do some Raiders talk as well. And Sunday we had the Royal Rumble. Cannot wait. Um, I actually got to go and get my Broken Skull IPA and you better get yourself some too. Oh, you already know it, dude. You already know it. And in fact, actually, because I got to tell Gooley, I don't even know if I'll be back in time for it. But however, because I am going out of town this weekend. I'm going okay. out of town up into Utah, but however, before I end up leaving, I'm definitely putting that stuff in my cooler, going all the way out to Hurricane Utah, and going and getting myself some fish, but at the same time, definitely screaming out hell yeah as I crack open a can of uh, Broken Skull IPA for sure. <laughs> Cannot wait. Dude, um, as usual, it's always a pleasure working with you and doing these lives with you. It's always fun, um, and continue your success bro because you're doing big things with your network and i I could definitely say i'm behind you 100 and extremely proud uh everything that you're doing with your with your brand and your network man i appreciate that man that's a lot that is a lot of really great words right there man that's that's appreciation that's motivation and uh, you know that's that's what we want man that's what that's exactly what we want here up on the network so Definitely glad to have Jeff Hammond, a.k.a. Hammer of Hammer's House. Definitely check him out as well. And we are very, very proud of having him a part of the network and what he brings here to the table. And can't wait to do these hangouts again, man, because like I said, you got spring training coming around the corner, man. Pitchers and catchers report. I mean, game on, man. It's going to be fun. And let's see exactly what else the Mets have in store. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, all viewers in here, please continue to stay safe. You, your family, your loved ones, and most importantly, wash your hands and your asses. I'm out. <laughs> all right. There you have it, Jeff ha- Jeff Hammond, a.k.a. Hammer. Gosh, it always, every time, every time when we come up on here, it's like it's always like you know kind of just those those nightly hangouts so much fun it's 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 a lot of stuff I was very very glad to have him on but um but yeah Charles listen look the chargers the chargers are gonna get new culture that's what's gonna happen okay they're good they've got their quarterback they've got a really good defense they're gonna get better on defense they're gonna get better up on it they're going to reshape the offensive line. This team is going to be competitive. They're not going to let Kansas City um they're not going to let Kansas City walk all over them. It's not going to happen. Herbert is the reason. Um he, Herbert is the, is going to be the reason that's going to be a roadblock for Mahomes to winning more championships. But that is going to be co- a competitive thing for 10 years. The ball foam could play really good. It's really interesting. I don't think anyone actually going to ever make the playoffs with Herbert. No, no, you're you're missing the point from here, Charles. You're not seeing what what I'm seeing, and I'm being I'm being dead serious about that. <clears throat> the team's going to make noise, and I'm going to tell you, mark my words, they're going to make noise. This is going to be very interesting. It's going to be fun, and I can't wait for that. All right, coming up next, a little bit of my best for last from here. Um, I'm going to end up talking a lot more on, um, 
I'm going to talk at least a little bit more here on um, what I think will what what I think will happen with most of these teams. For one, the ones that made the playoffs, and whether or not they are going to be moving forward, where they're going to be competitive for the next couple of years, or if some of them are going to end up uh, taking a step back, and it's going to be very interesting. Before I do, I really wanted to t- to touch upon this afterward about this serious case. And this is one I cannot stress enough of. I'm going to have that coming up next on the Snake Sports Talk Show. Do not go away. All right, folks. Well, first and foremost, I really, really do appreciate you guys um, coming on here. And I really, really do appreciate it. 
um, you guys and all of your thoughts and all of your guys's um, thoughts and feedbacks. I really do appreciate it. So on the best for last, we've had a bunch of teams that made the playoffs. Um, okay, hold on a second. But the link is broken. What? Link is broken. What link are you going to? Hold on. Right here. Go right here. Yeah, here's the link right here, guys. Definitely go right up onto the here and definitely shop for some merchandise. Really do appreciate it, guys. So on the best for last, we've had a bunch of teams that ended up making the playoffs this past season. And I'm going to be discussing every single one of them, what I think could potentially happen to all of them, and whether or not if they are going to be very competitive for the next couple of years, or maybe they're going to end up taking a step back. So um, so without further ado, we're going to end up starting it um, with this. So... Here we go. So we've had the Indianapolis Colts. That window is wide open for them. The Colts are still competitive. I really do love what Chris Ballard and what Jim Ursay has really done with this Colts team. The offensive line is the top five in the league. Everybody wants to come to Indianapolis. It's crazy. It's every quarterback's dream to come to Indianapolis. I still think Matthew Stafford is going to be a really good guy available. And I do think there are a couple of really good guys there on the potentiality of being quarterback for this team, but they are only a quarterback away from being competitive. I really do love what the Colts are doing. Their, their window is wide open. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, theirs is wide open. The reason that I say that because Brian Dable has been an absolute catalyst in shaping Josh Allen. I mean, a kid that came out of Wyoming, how competitive that he was and what we really know about him. And they got a deep ball receiver. Now They will need to get better on their run game. They will need to get better also on their defense. But they do have some interesting guys, and I really do like it. The Rams, uh, this is kind of interesting to me, but I feel like this door is closing. It's slightly open, but it's close to closing because they do have some really good guys. Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, but they're going to have to make some sacrifices because of the fact of the cap hit. That's the one big thing. And they've been talking about um, Jared Goff, about him potentially being on the marketing deal. And I don't understand why. I feel like people are just freaking out about Jared Goff. But to me... He is their franchise quarterback. I don't care what anybody says. The Rams are real good, but at the same time, it's interesting. And I still think they'll be competitive, but they won't be as competitive. Um, Seattle Seahawks. I don't know about this one. Um, I think there's a slightly open only because they need to fix up that defense and they need to fix up that offensive line for God's sakes. Watching Russell Wilson get sacked five times in the game was bad. And Russ is going to carry this Seattle franchise. He is Seattle's franchise. But if they don't get this thing right, you know, with their their offensive line and so much more. Now, they did get Anthony Lynn as their offensive coordinator. I thought that was interesting. 
Um, or actually, they ended up getting um, they ended up getting a different offensive coordinator. I thought this was very interesting to watch because it's going to improve their run game. It's going to very much improve their run game for one, and then the defense needs to get a lot better. Now I know they got Jamal Adams, and they you know they ended up getting a couple of pieces, but it's gonna t- it's gonna need to take more than that. It's gonna take more than that to really be competitive. All right, um, I mean, Tampa Bay's window's open. It's open for right now because as long as Tom Brady is staying protected, we'll see how it goes. But it's open. I think they got a lot of really good defensive players. They got a lot of really good offensive guys. It's loaded. It's it's stacked. Now, it'll be interesting to see who they address at quarterback at some point, but as long as Tom is there, that window is wide open. Washington football team. That one's actually... I'm going to say slightly open for Washington. Um, They're not there yet. They're not quite there yet, but I really liked what they did with as far as the... As far as the defense goes, the offensive line's getting a little better, and they just need to get a li- at least a couple more weapons. And I did like Taylor Heineke. Now, it'll be interesting how the quarterback situation really does go, but who knows? I think it'll be very interesting for me. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens. That door is open. That door is open. They've got a bash-your-teeth-in type of defense. they got a really good offensive line, and they've been, again, the second the second year in a row, they've been a really, really good rushing team. And Lamar Jackson, eventually he's going to have to end up learning without scoring some of these guys, especially Patrick Mahomes, but he's not that far away. They just need to get a over the top wide receiver. I've been talking about for the last couple of weeks and they need to end up getting some real good, uh, you know, defensive pieces, maybe somewhere, you know, in the, in the secondaries position to get it better. And, Maybe possibly on the run game, just to solidify the amount of runners they have. They're going to go with J.K. Dobbins. I mean, that's a give or take. Um, the Titans, uh, I feel like right now the Titans, they're they are closed. They're closed right now. They have a really good offense. Do not get me wrong. But this defense, they have no pass rush. And it's hard for me to really put them in that category when they don't really have a legitimate pass rush. It's bad. And I think if they fix that up, and they make it better. Um, I think the Titans will show back up again, but they need to address that. They need to address that in the draft, and they need to address that in free agency. Uh, the Chicago Bears, all oh, this thing's closed. Listen, if the offense cannot generate, um, like if it can't generate yards at all, it's bad. It's super bad. You know, and, and listen, Chicago's got a real good defense. I'm not going to lie, but you're wasting the defensive talent away. And the quarterback thing they whiffed it with getting Trubisky. Okay, we admit it. And you're not going to get Allen Robinson back. It's going to be closing time for, for Chicago. The Saints, oh, this thing is closed. Let me tell you why the New Orleans Saints is closed. First of all, the Saints are $20 million over the cap. They need to make serious sacrifices, and unfortunately, it has to be defense. It has to be defensive players. I know they have Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Thomas, and a couple of others. It's it's bad. And the other reason why is, too, because Drew Brees is retired. Um, I'm not sure with as far as the quarterback 
the quarterback situation is concerned. But if they prove me wrong, they'll be slightly open. But for right now, because of the cap hit and because of the way that they have to reshape things, I just say it's closed right now. Um, the Cleveland Browns are slightly open. The reason I say that is because they have really reached Kevin Stefanski's reshaped this organization. I really like it. Um, Baker Mayfield is playing more mature. The offense with Nick Chubb is a big time catalyst, but the only fix that, that Cleveland needs is that secondary. That secondary is so bad. The secondary needs to get better. It needs to get healthier and they need to be more shut down. If they do those things, you're going to expect them being big-time shutdown guys. But it's slightly open, but I cannot say it's wide open yet. Um, but they're but they're getting there. I love what I saw out of Cleveland this year. And finally, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, it, I'm going to say slightly open. The defense is still good with TJ Watt. Bud Dupree, Minka Fitzpatrick, and a couple of other good noted names. But I don't know what I'm going to think about Big Ben. I still feel like they need to move off him because Big Ben did not really recover well, didn't rehab well after the shoulder. But I think if they get a quarterback, develop him, let him sit under a year, maybe get something better, maybe somewhere in there Pittsburgh could still be competitive. But... I mean, it's slightly open, but I, I'm not sure. This is going to be tough for me for Pittsburgh. But those are my thoughts right there from all these teams in the playoffs. Interesting. Interesting stuff. But I really do think that the Colts, the Bills, um, the Bucks, the Ravens, they're wide open. A couple of them that are slightly open. Um, Washington, uh, the Browns, the Steelers. There are a bunch of teams right there that I think could, could, could very much interest me. And then, of course, the ones that are closed, I mean, Bears, the Saints, uh, the Titans. They, they, I mean, the reason why of that and the Rams, they're kind of closed at this point because they need to make those adjustments. And it's very, very important that they make those serious adjustments to make them better. All right, so I wanted to get into this um, since this was afterward because this really was sick to my stomach. And at the same time, this is terrible. But former Seattle Seahawks offensive tackle Chad Wheeler was charged um, today following the arrest of a suspicion of felony assault domestic violence against his um, against his girlfriend, strangling his girlfriend until she lost consciousness. This is terrible. This is unacceptable. And they said prosecutors requested that Wheeler be placed on electronic home detention and for his ankle monitoring device to be equipped with a GPS monitoring. So he is under house arrest. Um, the Seahawks, I think did a great job by cutting him immediately because I mean, my God, if none of you have seen the pictures of her face, I'm in complete disappointment, distraught and awe. This is unacceptable. I mean, this is bad. Listen, I know a bunch of friends of mine, you know, that are like they they are domestic like they 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 are victims. This is bad, and it's no joke. This is traumatizing. 
and I've always had this thing, and I and, and for me, I've always been a man that if something was to get to the point where it, it just kind of feels like, you know, you're kind of walking on a tight rope and it just feels like there's so much of that tension building. You never, ever lay your hands on a woman. I don't care what the situation is. I don't. At the same time, this is unacceptable. This is bad. The second you lay hands on a woman, your man cart's taken away. You're basically just a weak man. In my opinion, you never do that. If you have a condition, you have any of that, Get help, but do not act upon this. Do not act this way. It's terrible. And you have to think about some, like I think about some of my friends that have been through this. Um, it, It's not fun. It's not. It's traumatizing. It makes me sick and it disappoints me because men should be better than this. Honestly, because they're gentlemen and then they're men. Those that end up doing that, it's traumatizing. But I, I, I just felt like <sighs> there's nothing really much I can say. But I'm happy of the fact that she's doing okay. She's got her consciousness back. She's recovering well, and I hope for the I hope and pray for the best recovery. And as for him, he needs to get serious help. But this is unacceptable. This is absolutely unacceptable. It's intolerable. No way. No way. They won't tolerate this. That's why Seattle made the move that they did. He's gone. And um, again, I, I'm very happy of the fact that you know it, it, the situations and the outcomes went the way they did. And I hope that he gets serious help and thinks very, very clearly of what he did. And at the same time, I'm hoping that she she gets better. Because this is this unbelievable. Sick to my stomach. But I wanted to address that because I know that that maybe there are some people on here that were victims of domestic violence, uh, of these means, but definitely seek help and definitely seek like counsel or something. You know, I know it's not easy to talk with people, especially going through a traumatic situation like this, but these are the times that we need it, you know, and, and I know we've already gone through hard enough times as it is, but this is unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. But I wanted to end it on that note, guys. I really do appreciate all of you guys going on. What's going on, Blindy Locks? I'm doing good. I'm doing really, really good here on a Wednesday night, but thank you guys so much for joining in with me here on another episode of the snake sports talk show. Um, this weekend, I won't be having anything going on. I'm actually going to be out of town. Um, going to be expending, spending some really, really good quality time with family, um, with really good friends. And it's definitely time that, you know, I, I wanted it. I, I need it. It's, it's like my, it's my meditation. It's honestly my serious medication. I always love it when I go up on vacations and when I'm around, um, when I'm uh, when I'm around nature and I'm around the waters and I'm around you know creeks, rivers, a bunch of places, I just feel calm. I just feel calm. So, oh, thank you so much, Blondie Locks. I really do appreciate it. And thank you so much for the follow. I really, really do appreciate it. Thank you. So, I hope you guys all have a great night. You guys can definitely check me on my live play-by-play stream tomorrow night as I will be doing the game for the um, the St. Louis Blues against the Vegas Golden Knights. 
I really do appreciate it, guys. Got to end up hopping on, hopping off. But I will catch you guys in the next episode of the Snake Sports Talk Show next week. Have a good week ahead and stay safe, stay healthy. As I've said before, definitely get your guys yourselves some help and stuff like that and learn from this. But I really, really do appreciate it, guys. Have a great night. We'll see you guys next week. Oh,